Christianmoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, welcome to our guest segment. Uh, I see our guest uh, on our board. Great to uh, to see that. I was hoping uh, we were able to connect and all that. I'm really excited about this interview. Uh, his name is Mitt Sandrew. And there's the book. I'm holding it up for those of you watching on the video feed. Freedom Trumps Socialism. Great subtitle here. How the Democrat Party is using Hitler's playbook to make America socialist. Now, if you're a regular listener, you know that Mitt Sandrew was with us exactly two years ago. And uh, his other book is called Escape from Communism. He's got a fascinating story. And I love that he's taking on the left with this book about socialism. And uh, Mitt Sandrew, welcome back to Jim Paris Live. So good to have you back with us, sir. Thank you, Jim. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to come back and uh, inform people how socialism is taking over our country. Uh, by the way, they're halfway there already, yeah. and we're in deep trouble. Hey, Mitt, now, so book, what, uh, what I want to do is before we get into the book, I want to yeah. uh, have you share your story again. Uh, very briefly, because I want to get a lot into the book tonight. But for people that don't know you and I want to tell them they can still go back and listen to the interview from two years ago where you share your whole story of growing up in communism and how you escaped. But can you give a brief uh, version of your story tonight so that people can understand the perspective from which you come on this? Of course. Uh, well, I was born under communist socialist. Uh, I lived for 18 years there. Uh, when I turned 18, the legal age, uh, I was already planning to get out of that country. Uh, socialists uh, can be described only as a, a life without hope of misery, a life without freedom, and a life where the government dictates you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. The government tells you where to live, where to go to work, where to go to school. Uh, you work for the government because all the economy is owned by the government. And then you shop in the government stores. They decide what prices to put on, those, uh, um, on the merchandise. The problem is that in a socialist country, because of lack of freedom, the economy always degrades to a point where finally the entire country collapses. And the economy is so poor, so poorly managed, and the um, products uh, supplied by the socialist government, by communist government, or communist party government, 
there are a lot of uh, I, um, items that are not available. There are shortages constantly. The, the products are sh- shoddy quality. And uh, basically, uh, under that system, whatever you saw, a line forming in front of a store, you got in line there. Uh, the line was around the block, four, uh, four deep, four breast deep, and, and uh, everybody waited there for whatever it was selling, you buy it. Even if you didn't need it, you bought it because you don't know when last time, next time those items were available. Uh, even the basic necessities in, in those times in Romania were uh, bread, milk, cheeses, and, um, well, I, about that's it. Meat was available like twice a month. Uh, was rationed about uh, a kilo per person. Uh, that's why my mom always grabbed me and uh, I waited in line so she can buy two kilos of meat, whatever meat was available. Uh, the meat was not uh, prepackaged and you did not have a choice. You, you may call if there was enough of the cow left uh, or, the, or the pork left on the hook. You may call out what kind of meat you want, but at the end, toward the end of the line, whatever was available, you got bones and uh, cartilages included so it was a uh, horrible horrible life Uh, but besides the misery and poverty the worst part of it was the fear uh, in which all citizens lived in the fear that if you say something or do something that hasn't been approved or legalized by the party you could end up in jail and going to jail is not the American jail First, you're interrogated through torture and then thrown in jail. And then if they don't find enough evidence against you or you don't seem to be dangerous enough, they let you go. Otherwise, they throw you in jail for political reasons. Now, this may seem impossible in the United States, but it already happened. And these political uh, arrested people are the one rioted at the Capitol Hill. Those arrested strictly on political reasons. So here in Romania, I was a young adult. I got in trouble because uh, I voiced my opinion. Uh, I was uh, blackballed, not uh, allowed to go to to college. And in a, a socialist country, the only good life you can have if you, if you get educated, go to college. Otherwise, you live a, a bleak life of manual labor, for example. Um, and because of that, uh, the Secret Service opened a dossier on me, and uh, I realized uh, in my last year, uh, not my last year in high school, it was that what was the last year before I finished, I should have finished the high school, uh, although I studied very hard to upgrade my grades, so in two years I would go to college, um, they uh, were really penalizing me. And it came to a point when I said, well, when I turn 18, I'm going to leave this country. There is no other choice for me. And uh, good enough, a month after I turned 18, I escaped from Romania. Now, when I say escape, that literally means escape. Socialist Romania and other socialist countries resemble a concentration camp, except it's the entire country. The borders are walled or have uh, chain link fences with barbed wire. Uh, in other, in some countries like Hungary, uh, they had um, mines along the border to prevent people from escaping into Austria. Mm. 
That wasn't the case in Romania. But in Romania, they, they had tripwires to shoot flares in the sky to, to spot where you are if you try to, to cross at night. Uh, during the daytime, the border is peppered with uh, tall uh, watchtowers, about 50 feet tall or higher, and the border patrols observe the fields inside Romania. They're not worried about the outside Romania. They're trying to prevent the people from getting out of Romania, not into Romania. And uh, whenever they spotted uh, some people, uh, then they, of course, they send uh, a truck after them uh, and they arrested them. They, again, go through the routine of first the border patrols beat you up, then the police took you over to the station and they beat you up some, some more until they extracted all the uh, secrets, whatever secrets you may have, which were anti-communist uh, party if you have any. And you end up in jail for about two years for your first infraction. Hmm. Uh, well, I was lucky. Uh, however, not so lucky not to experience a horrible night, the night we were trying to cross, my friend and I. We were approaching the border and uh, it was dark and uh, trying to get as close as possible. Uh, sometimes we were going on our knees uh, and, uh, you know, elbows on knees. And at one moment, as we were walking uh, hunched back, a flare exploded in, in the sky and illuminated the whole fields. These, these were agricultural fields, by the way, just before the border. And uh, it was like daylight. We could see our shadow on the ground. Well, we dropped to the ground, we lay flat, and we were praying that it wasn't us that uh, triggered that flare. Well, to our left in the distance, so about 100 yards or 200 yards, no more than 200 yards, it started a commotion, people yelling, screaming, more flares were fired, uh, dogs were barking. I mean, something was going on. And most what was going on, obviously, there were other desperados like us who unfortunately were caught. And the whole thing culminated with uh, uh, fire shot by, by, by soldiers firing their Kalashnikovs. And uh, since I didn't see what happened, all I heard, I hope that nobody got, got killed. Because the border patrols are, were ordered to shoot to kill if they couldn't catch uh, anyone uh, trying to escape. Because once you cross the border, they couldn't come after you. Although they did that too, in other cases. Uh, so in any case... Uh, after those those fire shots, it became very quiet. Um, I heard people talking, um, the, probably the border patrols playing with their dogs and so on. So we stayed there for an hour. And after everything quieted down, then we waited another hour until it was really late at night, perhaps 10 o'clock at night. And then we crawled toward the border. Now, this was our luck that, first of all, we didn't come across any tripwires to, to launch a flare. And number two, were those unfortunate people trying to cross on our side that were caught. That distracted the, the border patrols in that area. And afterwards, they figured out, or they either patrol or they, they, they uh, slowed down patrolling, that we were able to get and cross the border uh, <laughs> safely. Um, so that's the story. Um, I, we made it to another communist country, Yugoslavia. So it's not only crossing one communist border, but we crossed two uh, from uh, Yugoslavia into Italy. And then you became. And then in Italy. And, uh, and so then in, 
what I'm trying, what I want to do tonight is make sure that we have enough time to get into the book. But I, I want people to know that that full story is in Escape from Communism. And it's also in our podcast from two years ago. And to just give people the quick, you got to Italy. Uh, you were able to um, eventually get to America. Today, you now yes. have children and grandchildren. You're a successful businessman, uh, executive, uh, and this is now your second book. And you have this very unique... Um, I'm sorry? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I've been retired. <laughs> and since then, I started writing. Okay, very I, good. I wrote 16... Yeah, but you've lived the American but, uh, dream, and and it's important for people to realize um, your perspective, which is someone who was in communism, escaped from communism, came to the United States, was able to live the American dream, and is now seeing right before your very eyes the socialism in all of this that's taking hold. And I want to apologize to everyone. If you want to hear that whole story, which is, is an unbelievable story. It's the whole story is in the podcast from two years ago, and you can get that for free on any of our sites, or you can get the book on Amazon escape from communism. Uh, that's the name of it, right? Mid escape from communism. Yes. Escape from communism. Uh, just um, make sure uh, it's written by Sandru. S-A-N-D-R-U, because there is another escape from communists uh, written by another Romanian, and it's good for them, but okay. it's not as, as juicy and, <laughs> as mine. <laughs> not, as good as, not as good as Mitt Sanders, for sure. Now, I want to... In I know, the other book, they took the red carpet to the United States. Yeah, now, <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> this book here, Freedom, Trump, Socialism, I, I went through the book, and there's so much in here because you say how the Democrat Party is using Hitler's playbook to make America socialist. And, and here's what I'm watching, and I want to get your reaction to this. So they're not coming out right now and saying it's socialism. But what's happening is so many people, even here where I live in Florida, are getting money from all different programs from $300 per month per child to different COVID relief to no rent, no mortgage, all of these different programs that we have uh, so many restaurants that are shut down. They cannot get workers to work and I mean, Burger Kings, McDonald's, uh, family restaurants, nice high end restaurants are just closed because they cannot get workers. This is the beginning of socialism right here, is it not? Well, it's more than socialism. Uh, for example, welfare, which is the same thing which is happening today, uh, is communism. You see, under socialists, people work and were paid wages. Under communists, people work if they can, but they can obtain anything they want. So right now, with all this help, it shows what happens when you pay people not to work. They don't go to work. I, I'm on the freeway. I see billboards advertising jobs, advertising $2,000 bonus to, to uh, apply for a job with certain companies. And this is the, what happens when you pay people not to work or, or to help them. But a lot of people rather stay on the, on the dole rather than go to work because they make more money this way. And on the other hand, if they make the same amount of money, why wake up in the morning and go to work? Yeah. And what Stay we're at looking home. at, you talked about earlier uh, shortages and all that. 
Uh, right now, there's all kinds of shortages that we're facing um, of products. I mean, we needed we needed to uh, get a dryer. This was last year in the spring. And we bought the last dryer. I had to buy almost a thousand dollar dryer because all the dryers were gone, but one dryer. And this was in my whole town. There was only one dryer left that could be purchased. And I have people telling me they're waiting six months for a refrigerator. They can't get these chips now. They need to manufacture cars. So now the car lots are out of cars. Uh, the used yep. cars are going for these super high prices. It's already happening and, and affecting the economy. The one thing, though, that I always wonder about is, you know, you can see uh, communism having failed through history. You can see it right now failing in countries like Cuba. Why, why is it that the Democrats believe that it can work here when it's never worked anywhere else? And there's even present day examples of it failing. Okay. Uh, before I answer that question, let me tell you something. Last spring, you just tasted socialism. When we had all our shortages in the stores, including toilet paper. By the way, toilet paper was never to be found in a socialist country. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, the lines were double long when there was social uh, when there was paper toilet paper in the stores. And unlike in socialism, where the scarcity of products is because the economy is poorly planned, poorly managed, the people don't have an incentive to work. Here, in this case, it was because of the COVID-19 virus, the pandemic, which had a main play, by the way, which I'm going to explain later, how it plays along with the Democrats, what the Democrats did along, just like Hitler did. So this, this is... You know, they, they just want to make sure that last spring, or every one of you who saw shortages, that was socialist on a small dose. Okay, now, uh, would you repeat the question again? <laughs> well, no, no, no. You're 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 great with that, and I want to get into uh, Hitler. I don't know if you're hearing. I'm hearing every so often a like a bell going off. I don't know if that's like on on your end or not. But I I wanted to ask you about why the Democrats. Why the Democrats believe that communism could possibly work, because it's not it's never worked. There's not even one example you could point to of it working. But they seem to even with this recent uprising in Cuba, they didn't know what position to take because the people there want freedom. And normally the United States, we would be 100 percent behind the people wanting freedom from communism there and socialism policies, but our Democrats are kind of quiet. You're like, oh, we don't want to step in and say anything because these are the things we we want here. We want the government to control everything, including health care, et cetera, et cetera. Do they think that it could be uh, possibly communism could work here or they just simply don't care? They're so blinded by this ideology that it doesn't matter whether it will work perfectly or not. Yeah, they're blinded by ideology, but uh, the ones which are pushing this ideology are Marxist fanatics. Those people, uh, to them, Marxism, socialism, and communism is a religion. This is not a political movement. This is a religion. 
they believe so much into the fact that everyone uh, should be equal, uh, regardless of how much they can produce in their life and so on, that they think that's the nirvana. We all should live in that kind of uh, society. Well, there is not a single country that has succeeded under socialists, except for one, China. But China is not socialist anymore. China is a fascist country. And I'm going to get into that to show you why China right now is politically communist and economically fascist. And I still, and that's the reason and, and I would even say, you know, the definition of success, I mean, there's still, I mean, certainly, obviously, some people have become millionaires and billionaires in China, but there's a lot of people there that are not doing well. We might see, you know, sort of the, the rosier picture, but I want to get into like the, I want to get into the various stages of Hitler compared to the Democrats, because this is so fascinating. One of the things that popped out of your book to me was the media and how one of the key things that had to happen for Hitler was he had to get the media on his side. And uh, this is what's happened with our media. We virtually have no more media. I was even surprised this week to see some of the media starting to take Biden on over the Afghanistan withdrawal, which is a yep. disaster. But largely, there is no more media, even Fox News. So much of the media is just lockstep with anything Biden wants to do. Right, right. And, and uh, just to, uh, about China, uh, people today live better than they lived under Mao. Under Mao, it, it was a cat catastrophe. But right now they live better. They don't live up to any uh, Western standards. But they, what I'm saying, they live better because they took our jobs. Yes. Uh, in any case, um, it all starts with the indoctrination. Okay, um, Hitler had to develop the, his own ideology, the National Socialist ideology, was based on other uh, factors. But basically, what he did, he he was a socialist. Uh, before this book, uh, Freedom Trumps uh, uh, Socialists, I wrote the book. Hitler was a socialist. Socialists and fascists are based on Marxists, and they're not right-wing ideology. Stalin told us that they were right-wing ideology because it, it was their uh, um, national socialism and fascism was his opposition. So that's and we be, uh, the media took it from there, and now we all believe that the fascists are right-wing ideology. No, they're leftists. Okay, so what did he do? First, it starts with the indoctrination. You have to press on people about the fact that, and, and in case of Hitler, after the World War I, the life was bleak in Germany. And what he did, he found someone to hate, the Jews. The, uh, the um, German people were living in poverty, while the Jews were making money during the war and after the war. So here it was the people to hate. And the national Germans were uh, not allowed to prosper because of all these the capitalists by the way he was an anti-capitalist as well the capitalists and the jews were destroying the country so over several years he constantly drummed in drummed in about uh, uh, about uh, national socialism which in essence was marxist as a matter of fact uh, when uh, the police were sending uh, their agents in plain clothes to listen to hitler and the communists and the socialists and all other that when they came back and says Hitler is nothing else but a Marxist, a sort of communist. He's, he's, he's preaching the same thing you hear under the socialists and communists. So, but people, 
realized that that was not Marxist socialist, but was a socialist which was more friendly toward the German people. Okay, so in this country, what happened is was a, a handful of people back in the 60s who uh, took opportunity, opportunity with the Vietnam War and the demonstrations, and they decided that the United States is living too well. You know, people are feeding their dogs and cats more than or better than uh, many billions of people in the world live. So it was time for uh, United States to be brought to socialists and share in all their wealth with the rest of the humanity. And these people, these zealots, uh, were professors in, in, uh, in uh, universities, and the, they were so determined that over a period of four decades, by now we have six decades of them, but over a period of four decades, they eliminated any conservative professors from the universities, and they uh, brainwashed the, the students into Marxism. Only leftists and Marxist professors are hired today and are kept on the, on, on the faculty. Now, the thing about Marxism, as people are um, they, they are teaching the people about Marxism, is that Marxism promises a better life. Well, it doesn't work in the United States. No matter how they're trying to uh, telling us on the mainstream socialist media, that's what I'm calling them, mainstream socialist media, that we have poverty in this country. No, we don't. A, a person, a family on welfare lives better than my family lived back in Romania, and we were considered middle class. <laughs> so, in, in other words, if the socialists promise a better life, how much better they're going to uh, improve over what you have already right now? And to all your folks who listen to this, let me tell you, someone coming from communist socialist, you don't know how good you have. This is the best country and the best life you can have. From here on, if we go socialist, it's going to be downhill. So the, the point is that you can, you can tell people that socialist is better, is more uh, humane and, and all that BS and the fact that the capitalists are rich and they, they're going after only they care about profits and so on. But it, it doesn't quite stick once you go into the uh, you exit college and you will become an employee. And now you realize, hey, you work for money and you want to strive to make more money. So what they had to do, they have to introduce a new ideology. See, Marxism appeals on hate, hate of the capitalists. Now they introduce this new ideology called critical race theory. This ideology appeals to guilt, to your guilt. Aren't you guilty as a white person how well you're doing? Why other uh, uh, non-white people in the society are not doing well? So here you combine races with class uh, struggle. And that's what the critical race theory is. And in essence, uh, the critical race theory, by the way, in short to say this, this is based on the Frankfurt School critical theory. And what they said, those German professors, which, by the way, came here and teach here in the United States and indoctrinated uh, other American professors to start uh, Marxists here. What they said is the reason why Marxism, socialists, communists, are not, have not taken over the world as Marx predicted it, but he, he didn't know very little, he didn't know nothing about capitalism in the first place. It's because of human behavior. Humans are the problem. The way we are raised, the, way, the fact that we are raised in a nuclear family, uh, 
the, the fact that we have religion, the fact that we believe in God, the fact that we uh, are inspired to achieve more, not settle for less, not play victims. This is the problem why people don't want uh, socialists. So critical race theory took it from that and now changed it into a race struggle. And they created the woke people, which right now we have 60 years, three generations of these woke people that are part of our society, are part of our culture, are part of our economy. I estimate about 28 million people are woke. That's the reason during the BLM demonstrations, you saw as many white people demonstrating as the black people. You know why the white people are demonstrating? Because they felt guilty. Guilty for our for what forefathers have done. Guilty because some of them, a few of them, have slaves. But one in a thousand people, to, or one in a million people today, have ever have ever had ancestors which, who own slaves. So slavery has nothing to do with our today's uh, standard of living and our today racial situation. But they go back and they discredit the past. They discredit America as being racist. And they discredited the white race. And what they are after is they're saying that the Western culture is evil. A lot of it is it's all of this, this woke philosophy. And Mitt, it's been so good to have you with us. And the time went by so quickly. I want to make sure that I'm going to hold the book up again here on the video feed. Freedom, Trump's Socialism, the subtitle, How the Democrat Party is Using Hitler's Playbook to Make America Socialist. And uh his last name is Sandru, S-A-N-D-R-U. You can find it on Amazon. The other book is called Escape from Communism, but make sure you look for S-A-N-D-R-U, Sandru, because like he said, there is another Escape from Communism not written by him. Uh, both books, very, very interesting read. And uh, Mitt, do you have a website or anything else you want to give out? Yeah, Sandru.com. Sandru.com. S-A-N-D-R-U. Dot com. Thank you so much. You and I, I wish there, we had everything I've done. And yes, all I hope is that people don't don't fight. We have to vote these people out of power because this age is going to be remembered as the golden age of uh, compared to what's coming down the road. If the socialists take power of this country. Yes, very good. And uh, thank you. Very good interview. Uh, very interesting. Uh, he's got a lot of strong opinions. And, uh, you know, we haven't really talked on this show about critical race theory. I know it's one of those hot button subjects. I know uh, we may end up having this video pulled down from uh, YouTube because of uh, that. But uh, who knows? Whatever happens, happens. But in any case, uh, it's fascinating when you're talking with someone who has lived under communism himself until he was 18, comes to the U.S., Raises a family. He's a father. He's a grandfather. He was a successful uh, computer engineer, now retired. Now this is his third book, I believe. But someone who was there to be able to see it and then to see us, what we're moving back towards, which it's uh, very chilling uh, to really think about it in those terms. In any case, uh, here's the book again. Freedom Trumps Socialism. I'm holding it up on the video stream for those that uh, are watching on the video. 
And uh, next week, we've got uh, Nikki Egan back with us. Uh, her book is Victim F's as we go back to our one of our favorite themes of true crime. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, if it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.